Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 582 of the Drunk Testers Podcast. I'm your host, as always. I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Oh, man, I'm doing all right. Kind of tired from the beginning of this last week and stuff. Obviously, with the after effects of Extra Life, it's taken like the entire week really to get my body back on the right track. But even so, dude, I'm doing okay. I mean,. Had some time to try out some like uh, other games and stuff. I've had the time to kind of take a, like a walk or something yesterday and stuff. Nice. Actually went went down to a couple like uh, convenience stores or something like that. You know, like the drug stores and stuff. Just look around or look for holiday gifts and whatsoever. But uh, other than that, man, I mean, <laughs> I'm in a pretty good mood right now because the 49ers won. So I've considered that a win for this past week. But how are you doing? Doing all right, you know. Uh, you know, back to work. That sucks. Uh, recording this on a Sunday, which is a little different, but uh, that's all right. Um, but, you know, I'm, <laughs> it could be better, you know. Packers lost, but, hey, they looked good while they lost, and, you know, that means Packers get a eh, – there's they're showing signs of life, and Packers get a better pick next year in the draft. So That's true. To me, this year, that's all that matters. So, um, yeah, no, I'm doing okay, you know. Uh, following the curve from that uh, extra life, I feel like it wasn't, like, a major recovery, but uh, it was definitely a – like. Like, it wasn't, like, as bad as it's been, like, you know, in, in past years, but it definitely was, like, oh. it was a lingering one where it's just, like, it took me, like, a couple of days to get the, the energy back. But, uh, yeah, nice having a long weekend there to do that. It was very busy. It wasn't a very fun uh, five-day weekend, though. I had the doctor appointments, vet, vet, uh, vet, vet visits, stuff like that. So, it was uh, busy, but, uh, you know, got to catch up on some sleep a little bit and uh, get some relaxation for uh, the winter comes and shit gets crazy so uh but yes other than that you know i'm doing okay gables i got a question for you though yeah what's that so tomorrow uh as a recording it is sunday night here um in the morning the game awards nominees come out i believe it's at oh. nine o'clock pacific time the, the the nominees come out nine o'clock okay um about a month ago we did a prediction yes from we what did. we thought the nominees would be this was like uh end of october we did this uh so at that point in time, Gables, yeah, we picked Mario Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, Resident Evil 4, Armor Core 6. Yes. Last time for, for the nominees come out, is there anything you'd like to change? Okay. Repeat to me the list again. All right. We have... So, mind you, there, were, there are certain games that have come out since then. This was right after Spider-Man and uh, Mario Wonder came out. We did this. Yes. Mario Wonder... Spider-Man 2, Zelda, Baldur's Gate 3, Resident Evil 4, Armored Core 6. All right. There is a change I would like to make okay. upon this guest and stuff on this list. Is it taking out Zelda I... and putting in, putting in RoboCop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh-uh. This is actually going to be something kind of a little bit controversial i think it's going to be taking out mario wonder to put in alan wake 2 i agree with putting in alan wake 2 but i think either resident evil 4 or armored core 6 come out and i uh, would I say see. i would say resident evil 4 because i feel like it's going to come down to those two games are in a very similar genre mm -hmm. and it's going to become a battle between those two now you see i see that point I absolutely see that point, you know, because you, it's kind of like 
Alan Wake 2, Resident Evil 4, kind of like that survival horror type of aspect and stuff. Two of those type of games inside the same game of the year category. The reason why I thought Mario Wonder maybe went through and taken out of the game of the year contention and stuff is because of the aspect that you don't... Not since, like, uh, what was it, 2017, I think it was? Did the Game of the Awards stuff back then, like, have Breath of the Wild and, uh, Gal and like, uh, Odyssey? Yeah, uh, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey were in there the same year. We also, in 2020, we did have Last of Us Part Two, Final Fantasy VII, and Ghost of Tsushima, which oh, yeah. all three of those are PlayStation exclusives. Um, yeah. So it's not uncommon that this happens. I mean, it's it's rare, but it's also very rare that we get two top-end games in the same year from you know, a console maker. So, I The reason why I went with my choice here of like Alan Wake 2 being inserted inside of, like say, Mario Wonder's place is because I feel like they're going to aim more so uh, because of how strong this game release stuff has been that they're going to probably go with Zelda as a like for like the Nintendo representation and I know it doesn't follow any type of patterns and stuff but because of how much positive word of mouth has been going out and also how the positive gameplay stuff for Alan Wake 2 and a lot of people that I've been reading like say reading about thoughts and opinions online saying this is probably one of the best survival horror games or something like that yeah. that some people like in that aspect that's why I kind of feel like that at the game awards they're going to try to showcase Alan Wake 2 in some way yeah. Whether or not be by taking out Mario Wonder or taking out Resident Evil 4 Remake. Now, granted, this is tough. This is absolutely tough because every single one of these games inside this Game of the Year list, as a, and also the games that we're probably going to try to interchange everything. <laughs> the other 15 games have... <laughs> that should that could be nominated that aren't, yeah. Exactly. It had been any other game, like any other release year that wasn't as strong and stuff. These games would be inside this Game of the Year contention. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, that's my pick in that regard. So okay. we're gonna go with uh, Alan Wake Two over Mario Wonder. Okay. All right. Um. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, my prediction is RE Four gets replaced with Alan Wake Two because, like you said, it's a, it's a fan. People are saying it's one of the best. It's a game of the year. Um. And I'll talk about it later. Uh. But yeah, it's it's considered you know a game of the year contender. And like I said, it's a survival horror game. Resident Evil Four, not technically. It's a weird in between shooters. You know, action game and survival horror i could see people like you know we're gonna we don't want to you know they're gonna pick one or the other so that's that's why i have that but uh i guess we will we'll, we'll find out in about 12 hours whether or not uh well, i guess no 13 i don't know 13 hours what we're fucking i don't know not time Probably, yeah yeah uh we'll find out then for but you know probably most people when they're watching this will uh will already know the results so uh yeah it's not you know last chance to do an update there i thought we should do that before we, we get okay. into the topics but gables Yes. Before we also we get in those topics, this is Drunk Nash, Drunk Nerds podcast. Every week, Gables and I get together and talk about all the video games and everything that's going on in the world of them. Uh, if you like all this, like like our show, please like, follow, subscribe. We're on we're every podcast uh, service. We're on there: Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. Go to all those places. Like, follow, subscribe. Hit the thumbs up buttons. Leave the comments. Please do all that. Shares really would appreciate if you do that for us. We're just two guys that just do this for fun. We have full time jobs and we just like getting together every week, talk about video games and. Everything that we love and hate about them. So, uh, without further ado, Gables, let's get into the things we hate about them. Okay. <laughs> Nintendo's making a Zelda live-action movie, Gables. Um, let's get into it. That's right. Okay. Not only is Nintendo making a Zelda live-action movie, Sony is helping produce it. Gables, I hope to God that at some point Nintendo drops Sony and then hires Philip to help them finish this movie. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. You know, there's only going to be like more. a select... 
there's gonna be only a select few people gonna understand that. <laughs> that it's a very niche uh, joke, and this is a very niche podcast. Joke. So these are, but... if you get that joke, you're our people. <laughs> oh man, that would be funny. But it's just funny to me that Sony is actually helping out with fifty percent of the cost of that Zelda movie. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo was paying more than fifty percent, but yeah, it's it's close. It sounds like it's close to a fifty fifty split here. But they're like, yeah, I, I don't remember the exact word, but it, from what I understand, it's basically like they're like the publisher of like in the, use the video game terms, like the publisher of the movie. They're gonna be the ones that help. They probably do the marketing and um, put it in theaters and stuff like that. So, but it, yeah. But then again, wasn't Sony the one that helped fund like the Mario movie as well? The first one. Yeah. Yeah, but that was pre PlayStation. And oh, they had that they had that deal in place back then to make the Nintendo PlayStation. So. Oh, okay, okay, that that does make sense though in that regards. But uh, yeah, man, I'll tell you what, there are some concerns that come immediately to mind in regards to this live action Zelda movie. I mean, granted, granted, there's just a few questions that I do have about it. I mean, one is Link gonna talk? And if so, he's, he's got to. Yeah, at the same point, you know, it's like, I mean, Mario's Mario was Mario. You know, he talked some bits and stuff, but not like say long term conversations. They went with Chris Pratt from the Mario movie and stuff. I thought he was okay. Yeah, I didn't think he was like absolutely fantastic over the ball and stuff like that. He was he was fine doing his role and stuff. He wasn't like say overly as annoying or he wasn't as like somebody that I absolutely did not want to speak have words speak out of his mouth yeah and also but, uh, like you know like that mario movie being an anima- animated movie and kids movie like it, yes. you don't really need you don't have to have chris pratt as mario carrying that movie because it was just like oh. it's an ensemble cast of a lot of great other people a lot you have a ton of other characters that oh, are yeah. very that are very famous and then you have all the toads and it's, it's a kid's movie so you have like the minions with the, and like there's all the fan service stuff in there that we love and like ultimately came out in the movie was it was let's be honest the movie was fine but it was just like all the nostalgia shit that we love that that make us really like that or love that movie. And well, exactly. This is exactly. an entirely different beast here. This is a live action movie. Um, the, I, if I'm not mistaken, the director of this Zelda movie was one of the ones that responsible for another movie that uh, certain people didn't like. Uh, so I have the I have the list here, Gables of the like the okay. the key people that we know involved. Wes Ball, yeah. the director. Uh, he's only ever directed the, the Maze Runner movies, which I believe are based off of like a, a like a teen book series. Um, okay. So I heard the first one was pretty good, and the rest there's like four of them I think, and the rest are pretty bad. Um, okay. But I, I imagine it's like like kind of like in that um, Hunger Games, like uh, like Twilight kind of sphere of like those teen drama movies, stuff like that. The, the producer Avi uh, Arod, Arod, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Uh, <laughs> Gables, uh, he is mostly known for. Uh, I looked up his. Uh, I went on Wikipedia and looked up all their stuff they worked on. Everything he's worked on uh, for Sony is all of the Sony Marvel movies. So we're talking like the old Daredevils. We're talking uh, Craven the Hunter. We're talking the fucking Amazing Spider-Man movies here. We're talking uh, okay. Morbius Gables fucking morbius was what he worked on uh we're also talking the borderlands movie that yes is still being made they're on their fourth or fifth um rewrites and reshooting of that movie it's so bad that people are taking their names off off the credits of the movie uh so let's tell you where that movie's at and then the writer of the movie Derek connelly i believe i'm saying that correctly Mm -hmm. he wrote the, the jurassic world movies which the first one is fun it's fun 
The next two okay. are abortions. And then the last movie uh, I, that I see he worked on, Gables, was fucking Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. The thing that destroyed the Star Wars franchise. He co-wrote. Red flags are, dude. It's not looking great, Gables. That. It's not looking great. It's not good. I'm, I'm very concerned. Like, at least Illumination is like, like, you can love or hate the minions. I've never seen the movies. So I don't really know. I don't. I think I can. I, I understand the annoyance of them. I get it. But it's like, at least they're like, they have successes um, of like, you know, people critically and financially. And it's like, I guess they, some of these guys have critical and financial. But my God, just a list of pure garbage <laughs> from, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a, the, just being a live action. It's like, I don't know. I'm just like, Zelda's or Link's gonna have an annoying sidekick. I, oh my god, what if it's Tingle Gables? What I didn't think about this. What if it's Tingle? <laughs> what if Tingle's like the the, the co-star in this movie? I take it back. I'm all in. Make Danny DeVito Tingle. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> just go with it. I'm already seeing all the AI artwork of Danny DeVito as Tingle, man. And let me just tell you, man, that's just some gold right there. I need to see it. I. I I don't, don't give me the AI artwork. Fuck that. Give me the actual artwork. I want people to put an effort on this and make it happen. <laughs> I want I want fucking TikToks of like uh, Danny DeVito, like clips out of this Always Sunny uh, TV show in a tingle uniform. I want that shit. That's what I want. All you have to do is just like have him play his role as the troll underneath the bridge. And yes. Stuff like that is tingle. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie can be fantastic. <laughs> so um, uh, our, our, our good friend here, uh, Shiggy, uh, tweeted out. Um, this is the tweet here. This is me, Moto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just love I understood what you talking about. Well, no, this is what he said verbatim in the tweet. It's fucking hilarious. This is me, Moto. I've been working on the live action film of The Legend of Zelda for many years now with uh, Avi Aradson. Um, he has produced many mega hit films. It will take it will take time until its completion, but I hope you look forward to seeing it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the tweet there. Kind of came out also was the same day that Nintendo was doing their financial reports so that's part of the reason probably why they did it uh but yeah um look i thought there was no chance in hell that the mario movie was gonna be any good and like i said it was fine and it was very successful you know made over made 1.2 billion dollars in theaters obviously really helped with the sales of the uh, video games they had like a huge like a 30 percent boost in sales during that time on uh, for uh, the games probably on top of that merchandising um i get it this is where we're at now where there's gonna be a million video game movies because as movie movie companies are trying to find the next big thing that they can base video uh, make franchises out of or base you know they can make movies out of you know now they're seeing video games as you know a big uh thing they can use it out and we're seeing all kinds of tv shows oh, popping yeah. up and uh movies coming up now here for for them there's gonna be a million it's, it's gonna be like live service stuff uh where we're gonna see a million dead bodies but there's gonna be a couple of successes that come out of it and um could be wrong. Could be, you know, with, I do wonder though, like Shigeru Miyamoto is, um, very protective of, uh, and could be kind of a curmudgeon about, uh, his IP and franchises. We've heard stories about, you know, he mm-hmm. was very mad about thousand, about thousand year door because of, he didn't like the bomb, uh, in, in that game. Like we've heard him, like he's very, very protective of his stuff for good or for worse. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I don't know if him being involved will be good or bad. Um, I imagine maybe it's more of like a like a you know like yay or nay kind of thing input from him uh i just man i don't i i look at this and like i just think when i when i, when I first heard about this i thought it will be a pg 13 pg you know just 
stereotypical, like a, a teen book series turned into a movie type thing. It's going to be very, I don't think it'll be anything crazy. There might be, there'll be some cool nostalgia things in there that we might like. Um, but I don't, I just don't see how, um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how they're, how they're going to turn this into like, a re- like I'm not asking for Lord of the Rings here, but I don't know how they're going to turn this into like a really good movie. It's, I think it'll be a success because it's, it's fucking Zelda, but I don't know. What about you Gables? Well, there were a couple things I was going to mention off the cuff right here. One, there are definitely alarm bells going on in my head after hearing that initial cast of the writers, the directors, and this and that. It is comforting for me, at least, to know that Shigeru Miyamoto is working closely because Maybe we've seen point. end results of what happens with directors and writers when they don't know their source material or know very little about it and try to create a movie or TV show based upon that, and it ends up becoming one of the worst, absolute dreadful things to watch. Don't don't you don't you fucking say it, you son of a bitch. Don't you fucking talk bad about one of the greatest movies of all time, Super Mario Brothers from 1993. Oh no 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 no. Okay okay I. Oh no 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 no. That movie, in my honest opinion, is so bad it's good. It's 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 a classic. It's it's a classic. Yes. Me. Obviously, the other people too. I mean. I mean, hell, I love the scene where it's like, oh, Goopa, sir, the Goobas are dancing again. <laughs> Mario had, had tickets to go to WrestleMania. That was fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, back back then, I was more referring to such classics as The Last Airbender. And uh, Remember the Monster Hunter movie, Gables? Dragon Ball Evolution. And also the Monster Hunter movie. Oh, God. And especially the Resident Evil ones. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uve Bowl? Yeah, Uve Bowl at his absolute pinnacle with Blood Rain. Oh my god. Hey, there's some hot lesbian action in some of those movies. (laughs) It was very much 2000s. Oh my god. Hey, in the early 2000s, when when I was a teenage boy and there was no no internet to be found, those movies were very important to me. (laughs) Okay, leave me alone. (laughs) Don't judge me, Gables. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not gonna judge you on that type of bitch. stuff, though. I mean, that's pretty much what a teenage boy back around the late '90s, early 2000s did, anyway. But at the same time, 34 year old boys too. At the same, <laughs> 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 fucking 34 year old boys. Oh, God. But uh, no, man. <laughs> No, man. It's like those type of movies back then and stuff. It's like, okay, it's like this is boring. And all of a sudden, oh, hey, this is actually some good stuff. And it's like, it's boring again. It's like, holy crap. It's like the shock factor and then back to boring, you know, that type of stuff. Mm. That's what I don't want happening to this live action Zelda movie. And when I think about it and stuff, I'm so glad. So you don't me- think there'll be hot lesbian action in the Zelda movie? Dude. Dude, it's going to be a PG-13 film. I don't even know if it'll be PG. <laughs> you can have side boob in PG-13. Well, you could, technically, but uh, it's going to be PG-13 mostly because of violent stuff. I hope we get gore on but... side boob. <laughs> no, it's just going to be full frontal, you know? You're going to go up to, like, Fuck yeah! Go to the... Watch him go up to, like, Death Mountain or something as Link, and all of a sudden it's like he comes across, like, a bunch of the Gorons are rolling down the hill, a la Ocarina of Time and stuff, and he just hits, and all of a sudden they just stand up, and it's like, jiggle, 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 mm. jiggle. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Every time they step, they have the jiggle, and like everybody's just focused upon man boobs as it's like walking across the. It's great. I'm all in for this, Gables. I'm actually uh, in for this. Oh, but if they are going to be going upon anything 
like story-wise with Zelda stuff, I would probably think it's going to either be the original Legend of Zelda or Ocarina of Time. That's what I personally think is going to be showcased. Yeah, I feel yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be like Ocarina of Time will be like the loosely based off that story. Um, but I mean, let's face it, like, look, we all love Zelda. Yeah. It's not exactly the most creative story. And like the context of like, it's like some of the shit in the story and the lore is very, could be very cool, but the stories are very vanilla for the most part. So I feel like, I don't know how they're going to get, like, I don't think we're going to get a super creative story with like a ton of like, you know, like stuff you got to like, think about or like, like some, like, I don't think we're going to be see- seeing some like awesome YouTube videos out there about like the like the context of some of these things uh i think it'll be a very it all depends upon what type of zelda story they're going to go with here tyler i mean i could argue though that there are there are definitely zelda games that have strong story elements like wind waker and also majora's mask they have deep dark themes in regards obviously yeah i just don't know how deep those themes are going to go is what i mean i think it's gonna be very on the nose uh zelda needs saving there's a big baddie named Ganon. Go to go to these three places. Go to these temples. Do this thing. Get a couple items. Your your, your best buddy Danny DeVito in a tingle suit is here to help. <laughs> um, what if Danny DeVito was ting- uh, uh, Navi instead? Oh my God! What if it's just like it's just hey, Danny DeVito's listen. head? Hey, listen! And he just I, I start blasting people. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> I just don't even have to like have him come in. Just take clips of him from Sun- Always Sunny, and then put him like just impose them into the movie. And I'm all in. You, you basically got a movie there. You just see his body as a little like fairy, so I'm just ragdolling and stuff, and we're just like, Bing! <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm being negative Nancy here. I hope it's good. I don't want to be bad. I'm not rooting for this. I just live action. I think is gonna be the hard part. I just I I I'm, I don't. I'm happy they're not going the Illumination route again. I think Illumination is good for like Mario mm. and stuff. Mm. I don't know if I want a Zelda Illumination movie because uh, then we just get a million tingles and it's like one's enough. All right. I will say this though. I'm very surprised they go live action route with the Legend of Zelda as opposed to say like going with it like say for Metroid. You know? Yeah, Metroid would be. Oh man, I, I give me a uh, Metroid movie with the oh, I can't think of her name. The actress from Captain Marvel. Oh God, Brie Larson. Yeah, because she really, yeah, she'd be awesome. She's been wanting to play uh, uh, Samus for years now, so it should be really great. Dude, you want to know what who would have made an excellent Samus if she was actually like, say, you know, younger now as opposed to when it was back in the eighties? Sergoni Weaver. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, they basically, I mean, yeah, the, the villain yeah. was based off like he was. Shiggy's a big aliens. fan of uh, yeah, Metroid or uh, Alien, so that makes sense. Uh, no, I think Brie Larson would be, would be a fun Samus, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I... as long as I'll tell you what, man. As long as they don't put Link like as like Tom Holland or some shit, you know, I'm I'll be fine. Yeah, with it. that's been I've been enjoying the memes of Tom, of Tom Holland with uh, Zelda ears. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did like people were saying Hunter Schaefer. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, she's don't... she's from uh, Euphoria, and I think she's in the new. Um, Hunter, Hunger Game movie. I think it was like the Mocking. I don't know what it is. I don't know anything about Hunger Games really. I've only ever seen the first movie. But she's a uh, she's in Euphoria. She's awesome in that show. Um, okay. She looks just like fucking Zelda, and she's a really good actress. Put her in the fucking movie. I, I I'm all in. She already said she's in. I'm in. So let's do that. Um, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I I almost would rather for Link they just cast like a a no name person. That's what know? I want. Yeah, instead, yeah, instead of like trying to get a big name in there, uh, but 
We'll have to wait and see, Gables. It's just I think it's this can be a long way. I cannot wait for the Nintendo Direct though when they announce all the all the uh, people in the in the TV show. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a very fun time. So yeah, it's gonna be probably a barrel of laughs, just like what it was with the Mario Cast reveal. Yeah, if anything, we'll have that. You know, like we'll always have the Nintendo announcing the voice actors for the Mario movie. I think yeah. one of my favorite moments with I think with you and stuff, we were like uh, reacting to like the cast reveal. I think it was. <laughs> nearly i i nearly killed me uh <laughs> she gave the content warning next time for that um <laughs> <laughs> next up gables somebody did give us a content warning uh sam hauser from rockstar did announce that we're getting a gta 6 reveal uh trailer reveal next month um so in december they're celebrating their 25th anniversary of rockstar which is okay. crazy to think that it is they came out it's been 25 years but the fact that it, they put out um gta 3 vice city and i'm missing one in there uh san andreas Andreas. yeah in like a matter of like five years (laughs) they put out like within five years being created they put out maybe the the most genre like to this day we're still feeling the effects of the gta uh video games uh that trilogy from the ps2 um but yeah so they said for the the celebrate 25 years of rockstar they're they're gonna announce they're gonna reveal um GTA 6, uh, I imagine it's going to probably just be a teaser trailer, maybe introducing the characters. What does yeah. kind of suck, though, is like, so there's been a lot of leaks, leaks and rumors that we are, we've heard about it with the, with the, so it's going to be like, a, I forgot the name, like the name of the, the, like the famous story, like the movie of like the couple that robs people. I can't think of the name. Bonnie of and Clyde. Yes. It's like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing where, uh, you know, in Miami um, or Vice City, rather, I guess, um, it's taking place there. Um, but we've had the rumors and stuff everything going on for a while now it's kind of sucks those those the, the giant like leaks came out with, like all the game content so we basically already have seen like we obviously like we've seen the early stuff of it but we've got the general idea of like we've already know the characters we well we know we've seen the characters we know the character who right. the characters are we've seen some of the the stuff in the on the map stuff like that that he that huge leak uh last year i believe it was so it kind of takes a little bit of the window of the sales but still you know exciting this is like uh these these moments don't happen very often. No. Uh, in gaming, we're like, there's big moments in like our world of gaming. You know, like we look for the game awards, like E3, uh, game, uh, Summer Game Fest, you know, Nintendo Direct, stuff like that. We have moments like that and sometimes some big, big reveals. But like, this is like, this, I mean, like, we used to talk about. This is like, an event. Yeah. Like, we, we talk about back in the day, like the 360, like, you know, in the 2000s and shit, when like the new Call of Duty or Halo 3, remember, like, you know, we talk about those, like, when Halo 3 came out, the next Gears came out, the next Call of Duty came out, like those big Mass Effect 2 coming out was like huge. Like that was a fucking holiday for people. And it's like mm-hmm. now there's so many big games that come out nowadays and the, the, the way the news churns, like nothing is sticks really. Um, you know, and I, this fucking feels like, an, like I'm not even a GTA guy. I like the one Rockstar game I love is Boldy, but I've, I played all the, the GTA games, but I never, I think I beat Vice City way back when. But like, yeah, and I do get some flack for this, but the one one really gta game i really liked that was gta 4 <laughs> oh, i thought you were gonna say two or something oh no 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 uh, no 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 i no, no, I, no. I've, I've i've seen gta like the original and gta 2 i i cannot no i do not no. want to play those no <laughs> god no uh yeah no i actively hated gta 4 i was so excited for that game too and i, I was like the, the, the fourth time cuzzy called me to go fucking play bowling i was like i'm done i'm out uh but uh <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so, but it's so exciting. It's exciting. Like as just like, you know, it's exciting to look for the, like look forward to this. I'm excited for the people that are excited for this. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm curious to see what the fuck this thing is going to be. Like, I don't think we're going to see too much. I, I, I'd be shocked if we got gameplay for this, honestly. Um, but, or like, it, it might be like a couple like quick, like boom, snap, two second clips here and there. Um, but I'm excited for these people and I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm excited to see what, what does a GTA look like, you know, in the 2020s? Like you look at where GTA five was in 2013 when that came out, the landscape is entirely different now um, in gaming. You know, this is like pre live service. This is like, you know, the GTA online was like, how, where, like, where does that become a thing now? Like, where do they go? Like, do they like, are they like, I don't know. I'm just so, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, and uh, they always like, I was listening to, I remember like they did an interview, uh, same Hauser did about the next GTA and they're talking about like the comedy and everything. How's that going to work? And they said the biggest thing is like, you know, they do parodies of, you know, they're like, their, their games are parodies of America. And it's like, we're already yeah. kind of in a parody of America right now. So it's like, how do you, it's like, you always see people trying to like, um, I think uh, it, was, it was the South Park guy said like Trump Penny killed, words. Trump killed comedy. Cause it's like, you can't really like, you can't make fun of you know, like, it was so easy to make like jokes about the president and stuff like that. And it's like, you can't really outdo Trump, you know, and like, you know, cause like uh, as far as jokes and stuff go and like outdo that, like it's like, everything is just a parody of a parody now. And it's like, right. wait, internet now is how is, how is that going to work? Um, so yeah, like I'm curious how it's gonna work out, you know. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see, you know, like what this game looks like, and like potentially I'm excited to see the re- the reaction to this, and like, like not the like you know, disgusting internet way, but just like, you know, the hype and the love, like exciting, like just excitedness of people how they're gonna get for this one. What about you, Gables? I feel like when they do showcase this, is they don't have to really showcase this at the game awards. I mean, they could just do an independent like day or something like that, release a trailer. Like in yeah. the morning or whatsoever, yeah. And everyone on the internet just loses their shit and stuff. It's probably gonna be like some sort of two or three minute trailer. You're gonna see a sign. You're gonna see a little bit of the locale. Maybe meet the characters in that regards. But it's going to be like a teaser, and then probably we won't see anything more about it until like June. Yeah, I think I'll, I, I I'll bet money at the end it says 2024. Maybe has a holiday release date or something like that. And then it gets late to 2025 <laughs> is what I think. You got to um, think about that. Yeah. It's probably going to be not coming out until like 2025. Yeah. I, I will say though, I hope if it's not a game awards, they say something for Jeff Keighley, uh, for his sanity. Uh, I know people like want to talk shit about Jeff Keighley. I like the game awards. I like summer game fest. Well, yeah. you know, I, I get the problems, but I overall, I still think they're good for the industry. And I wait, like we fucking enjoy watching them and stuff and consuming them. But I worry for that man. <laughs> if like everybody goes there to watch it and it's not there, people will be pissed. Because uh, <laughs> the other thing I was thinking of, if it's not there, um, I think it will be at the the NBA uh, in season tournament finals are two days later, and it could be there. That's you're have true a huge too. audience. You're gonna have probably close to ten oh. million people watching that game. It's gonna be on. I think it's gonna be on ABC or ESPN. Probably it both. Makes sense. It would actually make sense if it was like during like uh, the NFL stuff because there's more eyes upon it than say like the NBA in tournament in tournament like say final stuff in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like I guess they could I do, do like agree a... with you though. It's probably gonna be like possibly dropped, like on, like during a sporting event, you know, like during a sporting event or something like that. Going to commercial breaks and all of a sudden, hey, this is GTA Six. Yeah, <laughs> and well, and like you normally you pay like advertisers pay money to be on for 
you know, on, on events and be on television. I bet there's people out there that would probably pay money to like, Hey, give us the reveal. We'll, we can advertise the fuck out of this. Oh yeah. And people will watch, Hey, at the end of the first quarter or at halftime or whenever we're going to have the GTA six reveal. And like that, like that people, like people will probably pay them money or like, Hey, here, just do it for free. And you got millions of people are going to watch your shit. Imagine if it's Sunday night football, 30 million people watching the fucking thing, 30 oh, million yeah, on average, dude. be 40 million people that, watching the fucking thing. Or even during Monday night, you know, it's yeah. like during those football games where there's a lot of eyes and stuff. Yeah. Routinely, man, I think it's going to be like during a Monday night game or something like that, like close to halftime or something. And all of a sudden we get this trailer dropped with all these millions of people looking at it. Like, oh, wow. That's the new GTA. Oh, great. Yeah. I was just thinking uh, basketball because I believe they've, they've had a history of like doing stuff in the, in the past with like video games and like advertising. They've mm-hmm. done a couple times like Call of Duty and stuff like that. So um could be wrong, but I, I think they've done that a few times in the past. Like, right. Um, that's that's kind of what I was thinking of. And also like, you know, NBA is trying to do in the first year of their NBA in season tournament be a good way to like get even more eyeballs on this thing. It's in Vegas. Right. So like they probably want to go big and like, Hey, we got, the, we got G on top of that. You're going to have this in season tournament final. And on top of that, Hey, it's in Vegas and we got GTA for you. So I can see them doing that. Um, Yeah. It'd be pretty, it'd be, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited to see what, what happens. Uh, but they can tell then it's just a matter of the waiting game. And then like, for, like I said, I, for Keeley's case, if it's not going to happen before the Game Awards, just fucking say it's not going to be there for everybody's uh, sanity. Oh, like, yeah, I don't no, think no shit, dude. Yeah. If he doesn't say anything and people don't see that, they're, they're going to be losing their shit. Yeah. Like, I, I think <laughs> Keeley probably won't because, like, he like knows that's probably, like, more eyeballs are going to watch a show. But also, it's just – but also, you know, it's the internet. You got to you know, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But um, let's move on here, though, Gables, to um, Mass Effect Gables. We got a teaser trailer for N7 Day. Uh, 35 second teaser um yeah so uh showed a look like a woman with the helmet on and like a long coat walking down the hallway um with like a pistol some people were thinking it's femship some people were saying it looks like liara i think it kind of looks like liara um but uh 35 second teaser trailer nothing more to it other than that um obviously on seven day it's like you know the it's kind of like mass effect holiday every year we usually get something for it but it's like it's kind of like uh, the last of us day we have where it's like Sometimes it's just like some years they have like they drop the Last of Us TV show trailer. Some year or it's like a trailer for the next game or but a lot of years it's just like hey here's some more here's some artwork that we we have and then maybe like a slight update on something. But usually it's like it's just more merchandising stuff, which they did do a there's a forty five dollar poster you can buy of this woman, um, uh, from this trailer. Uh, but Jeff Keighley did have a report about this. Um. That apparently Mass Effect. So Mass Effect was, was revealed, I believe, at Game Awards 2020. Uh, I know it was 2020. I can't remember if it was Game Awards or if it was Summer Game Fest or E3, whatever the fuck it was called. Um, but this game probably isn't going to come until 2029, Gables. <laughs> oh, excuse me? Yes. Um, so the kind of thing he was talking about was it's kind of like they have a similar timeline in mind. Uh, they revealed Dragon Age Dreadwolf in 2018 uh, yeah. through the E3. Uh, we've had some updates and stuff, but we still have not actually seen gameplay of this game. No. Uh, we've seen some artwork. We've seen some teaser trailers, stuff like that. Uh, this game is, as of right now, they're hoping to get it out this year. Um, it's been internally delayed. It's probably going to be more likely a late summer or fall game next year, possibly early 2025. Um, Bioware is still – so Mass Effect is still in early production, like pre-production. Um, 
but they had the layoffs earlier this year and they, mm-hmm. they cut a lot of the staff. So more staff that was working on Mass Effect has been pulled over to finish Dragon Age and then we'll go over I see. to Mass Effect. So we're talking about Mass Effect won't be even full production until probably 2025. Um, Sheesh. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. Like, I've seen a lot of, like, obviously it's like, you know, I, don't, I do a decent job of like staying on the negativity of Twitter, but you just, sometimes you see stuff bubble up. Um, like, it sucks. Like, look, I love Mass Effect. It's one of my favorite franchises of all time. Um, even though, like, 3 was still great, but it was disappointing overall in the end. Uh, Dromedo was obviously broken a buggy, but even, like, going back and playing the game once it was, like, actually done, done, as done as it's going to be, it was just an ultimately disappointing game. Um, and it sounds, you know, we, we've heard the stories about how, like, you know, the how bad the environment was and the work, the, the work, how things were just in, internally there. Uh, that yeah. Kind of came out to that game, just turning out what it was. Um, I'm not like, it's not like a mad, like, I'm, I'm, it's definitely disappointing, kind of like, takes the wind out of your sails kind of thing, where it's like, not mad at anybody. I just like, man, 2029, like, gave us, we'll be in our 40s when the next <laughs> comes out. I know, right? So, that, that's part of the reason why I'm just thinking ahead right here. It's like, possibly by 2029, we're not going to see another Mass Effect game. It's a shame, but at the same point, I can understand why it's being delayed up until that point. Well, it's not even a delay. This is just the timeline. Well, yeah, that's just the timeline in of itself. It's not even been like remotely delayed or whatsoever. So it does have the possibility of being pushed out even further. But it's like, it's just the fact that... Uh, so much turnover over at EA and stuff, and their main focus of trying to get this new Dragon Age out, you know, Dreadwolf with, God, something that you touched upon as well. That thing was announced in 2018. It's now 2023, and they need to try to put out this game to try to chide people over up until, hopefully, the new Mass Effect and stuff, when that gets made and put out and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't really paint everything really in a positive light right at this moment because what if Dragon Age Dreadwolf is not a good game? Like, what if they push it out and it's in a broken yeah. state? Or if it's like things like that? I mean, you got to take that into accountability too. But uh, it could also be like, say, a decent game. I mean, I'll reserve yeah. some positivity stuff until I actually see it. And then once we do see the initial reveal of it, I mean, we're going to react to it. But, uh yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, um, and we've heard, like, I think part of the problem, too, is Dragon Age has been in such a long development cycle because uh, there's been the stories coming out from uh, Jake Schreier and Jeff Grubb about how, um, you know, all the, a lot of the issues that Bioware has had is since they got bought by EA, they, like, they've been forcing them to use the Frostbite engine, which is, like, the engine that was created for the, what's the Battlefield engine. Uh, and they've been, like, forcing, like, all their studios to make games in this engine in the last like three or four years now, they've kind of gone back on that now because they realized it was actually, it was bad for, it was great for like Battlefield, but it was bad for all the other games. And, like it was even, it was fine for like the racing games, like Need for Speed and stuff like that. But like everything else they're trying to put out struggled in this engine. And that's like, we've seen like, you know, the the faces and like Mass Effect and like the weird animations and stuff like that. Like that was a huge, excuse me, a huge problem of it and the platforming, stuff like that. Um, But we also heard about like, when they originally made Dragon Age, when they started making Dragon Age 4, now Dreadwolf, uh, they were top of that making them make it in the Frostbite engine, but also we're going to make them make it a live service game and like have multiplayer and stuff like that. Uh, EA, s- since the last few years, went back on that 
and then they right. switch. So they had to switch engines and then totally change up. Like, luckily, it was early enough in development. It sounds like that. That like this. So this part of the problem is like it was a different engine. EA was making them make it a entirely different style of game, and now they're like, no, like they're letting Bioware hopefully be Bioware, but also it's like think about like it's been it's been a, over a decade since Mass Effect Three. It's been nine years since Dra uh, Dragon Age. Um, how many of those people that were there when it was Bioware are still there? You know, and uh, you know the the two uh, the two the two doctors that were there during the heydays of Bioware are gone. Casey Hudson was was left, came back, and is gone again. Um, so it's I don't know. What's the way to see? Like like I said, it sucks. Like it was kind of like it was like it kind of got me like excited again. Like I was like getting all excited. I was like uh, about Mass Effect again, even though I knew it was like it was still years away. I just didn't realize it was that many years away. It's kind of I don't know, it just kind of takes the winds out of sail. But like I do think though that we talk about you know the last few years of like 2020, 2021, all these studios announcing these games. Like I would always talk about like the moment they were like approved in a board meeting, they would like fucking announce these games are being made. And they were doing that to bring people into their studios because they were trying to like hire up like crazy. And now we've seen all these layoffs in the last the last year. And I do wonder like, you know, they announced all these games really to get those people. And now they're laying them off. I do think to find the tiniest little sliver of silver lining in the mass of all these layoffs and all the, everything awful going on, like working in games, um, that maybe this will stop. Never, not 100%. There'll still be people out there. Well, maybe for, like people will stop announcing games so early because it's like, what's the benefit of announcing a game that's seven to ten years away? Right. And that's isn't any benefit to it at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because you got a lot of people that know the game got announced, but they don't read. They don't read articles. They don't pay attention to gaming news. And it's like, fuck, man, it's been like three years. What the fuck's this game out? What are you doing? You know, and you got people out there like that that don't know any better. So. Um, yeah, let's hope though that you know. Hopefully everything's going great there, and hope Dragon Age: Dreadwolf is uh, fantastic. But <sighs> let's talk about fucking WB and live service games. Um, okay. So David Zasloff, who is uh, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, okay. um, the guy that called CM Punk the one Bill Phil, uh, <laughs> that age <laughs> well. Um, he um, he said in the recent um, you know financial report for Warner Brothers Discovery that uh, they still see live service games and like uh, as kind of a, a you know a key uh, business indicator for them uh, exactly what he said here our focus is on transforming our biggest franchises from largely console and PC based uh, with three or four release schedule into uh, to include more always on gameplay through live services multi-platform and free-to-play extensions with the goal to have more players spending more time on more platforms Ultimately, we want to drive engagement and monetization of longer cycles at a higher at higher levels. We have put specific capabilities. We are currently under scale. Uh, we currently under scale and see a significant opportunity to generate greater post purchase revenue. Um, David Zav David Zaslov is an idiot. Um, he's just kind of a guy. I don't know if he's an idiot. Obviously, he's a very smart man because he's you know he's the CEO of a company that's worth billions of dollars. Uh, but um, he just kind of says shit in these meetings. I, I don't know if he knows what he's saying when he says it. Uh, last year, he was like pushing like metaverse and NFTs. Um, the last one, we, the last, previous quarter we had, he announced Mortal Kombat months before it was supposed to be revealed. Uh, mm -hmm. That kind of pissed off everybody in Realm. Uh, just kind of announced it. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of things, a lot of bad issues going on in Warner Brother. Uh, like the whole AT&T merger really fucked them up and now they're like they're like billions of dollars in debt merger discovery and now they're just trying to 
um, do everything they can to uh, stop the bleeding. Like we've like they they like they finished the Batgirl movie. They finished uh, that John Cena Wiley Coyote movie that apparently is fantastic that people got to see it. They're not putting them out now, so they get a tax break on that. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, like how is that a okay thing to do? Um, you know, this is a, a company that's in kind of disarray right now, and uh, I think they're just saying shit to kind of keep the stock up. Um, but if this is true, um, man, do you not understand your, anything about your video games? Uh, we looked at Gotham Knight last year, completely our failure. That was a game that was supposed to be a live service game that somewhere in the middle of production, they pivoted to making to take the live service shit out of it. And we ended up getting this half, half in half out live service online game. Yep. Um, you look at fucking Hogwarts legacy one of the highest reviewed games of the year one of the best selling game as of right now obviously we don't know call of duty's out now so it's probably number two now uh but one of the best selling games of the year and hogwarts legacy that's a single player game yeah <laughs> people love it you like if you just make a good game based off your ips people will come it's not absolutely not a thousand percent of the time but most of the time if you make if it's a popular franchise and you just make a good game out of it people will play your fucking game uh, you look at fucking um, what's the f- multiverses? I mean, that game was out, and then they said, "Oh, actually, it was in beta this whole time." Even though we charged money for it, and then we're just taking it away. Uh, you look at Suicide Squad. That game is a fucking mess, and that's supposed to come out. Gables, that game's coming out in like two months. Did you know that? That uh, game's like two months I away. About that, actually. <laughs> yes, that game's coming out in two months, and we we know all the bullshit going on with that game. Um, there's that Wonder Woman game that's being made by the. Uh, uh, shout out Mordor team. Um, obviously, we see like they like to shoe in a lot of microtransactions into like the Mortal Kombat games. Oh yeah, uh, and like uh, the 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 War War Mordor, the second game of that fran- that franchise. Oh yeah. Um, like they just they totally redid the entire game to shoe in a fuck ton of uh, unnecessary microtransactions. Yes. Um, but man, do you you just don't understand this field, my dude? Like, but I don't know. I think it's like, oh, these are buzzwords that we can say that people will like to hear. And that's just, I don't know. Give us how you feel about this one. All right. To put in perspective how I feel about this, I try to think of why David Zaslav was hired in to begin with and stuff. And that was to stop the bleeding of a bunch of the losses that uh, WB was going through experiencing at the time. And is still going through that. Yeah. Hence why he's done a lot of cutbacks and stuff. I mean, I'm not defending this man at all. I mean, he's, He's a businessman first and foremost. He is definitely a penny pincher. He is definitely someone that will cut corners in that regard to save some bit of cash. I mean, obviously, with the cancellation of movies like, say, the Wiley Coyote, John Cena thing, and also the Batgirl stuff. And also, I mean, his statements right here are kind of telling, you know, because it's like he wants to try to recoup anything in terms of cost and stuff. And so he's still gung-ho about, like, the live service always online sort of games and stuff, even though... Even though in the, even over the past year and stuff, he's had to either take out microtransactions inside of one of the video games or something like that, or even go back to like have the things reworked. Talking about like uh, the Suicide Squad game and also the Gotham Knights game and stuff, but multiverses as well. I mean, they initially like we've touched upon before and we've spoken about before that game was not ready for the success it was getting and stuff. And so they're re-releasing that for the next year. Maybe possibly, yeah. but, uh, I 
really don't agree with the statements, obviously, because I look at a lot of the negative reactions that have been going around, not just with, you know, the live action, the live service games going on right now, and the trend of gaming is obviously drifting down because all these live service games that companies thought were once profitable or maybe a surefire thing, you know, like them copying, emulating the whole Fortnite model and stuff, has slowly started to take a downturn to where all these people released their games they're not lasting more than a year or barely even that <laughs> but uh when it comes to like when it comes to like the game stuff i mean let's look at the more of the more recent releases from wb mortal kombat 1 you see like a lot of like little microtransaction stuff like that including including like 12 dollar character skins yeah the or they, they had a 12 dollar uh like a, a halloween themed um, fatality fatality yeah <laughs> Yeah, you think your game, you think your players are not going to notice something like that because this is the most egregious things and stuff that they have been putting across as of late. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like it, it's awfully telling that they're doing probably like WB themselves are doing like the most like bare bones type of thing in order to try to recoup any type of costs, you know. So like with the live service stuff, with like the microtransactions you know kind of like the same thing every other company has been trying to do in the gaming industry now for like almost the past what five six years or so but uh yeah i don't like it i think that was very bold and also very stupid of him to go forth and say we're going to be focusing upon this within the next year even with the entire landscape around him slowly shifting out of that type of model including like say even big companies like Sony having to go through and delay like half of their game yeah, stuff six that are going to be games over a six year, games? yeah, over live service games, yeah. yeah, these six live service games that were talked about and simultaneously, maybe not even announced or something like that, but still they're going to be reworking them because of how everything's changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think sometimes like a lot of times they just throw out buzzwords that they don't actually mean, just to like make. They have shareholders. Honestly, I'm just gonna say shareholders mostly are idiots and they don't really know the thing that they're actually investing in. They don't know the background behind it. They just hear these other terms that other people are saying, so they just throw out these words that people know and like, oh, like, we know that thing. People do that thing and they're successful. Or we know about Fortnite. Yeah, do a Fortnite. So they say these things, get people excited, and then the stock won't go, won't be like it's kinda of, so kinda of like Rockstar. Um with when they announced this, Take Two was doing their um, financial report that day, and it wasn't like they're having. They're not in a rough state, but they're not having. They're losing money right now, but they're spending a fuck ton of money on projects, and not a lot's coming out for them because. And they, but they, you know, they're waiting on GTA right now. So they announced it'd be right before they're doing the financial report that they're revealing GTA next month. So guess what? The stock, even despite them actually having a down quarter, went up. So. Uh, I think that's a lot of what it is. You know, you look at like, um, what, what was it? Oh, um, Saudi Arabia invested money in a PFL is a UFC competitor. Uh, because of that, stockholders, even though you, PFL is a nothing, you know, it is a very, not nothing, but it is a very small, very, 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 very minute scale of MMA fighting. They invested money into them. Shareholders were nuts. UFC's, uh, the, the TKO, UFC, WWE, uh, um, shares went way like down like 17% because Saudi Arabia invested money in this tiny promotion that is barely a competitor to the UFC. 
uh, it's shit like that. Like they don't, I don't know. They just hear buzz. They like, but they like buzzwords and that's what they got. Um, but also the David Zaslav's claim, claim the fame right now is that he took the name of HBO max. He took HBO out of, um, off the name and now it's just called max. So the most, uh, the biggest IP that they own HBO, uh, they took the name off of their biggest, the most important service they have. So, um, Maybe not the best guy in the world for what he's doing here. Um, we're going to skip the last topic here, Gables, because we're going a little long here. We're going to go write some other news this week. Um, so a couple, so, so a lot of stuff here, but some smaller stuff here. Uh, Silent Hill 2, uh, Best Buy put a, a date out, put it on their on their website with a release date on March 21st. Um, they took it down, obviously. That they, they left the pre-order up, but they took the, the date off it. So take that with a grain of salt, but that's... You know, it does sound like it's coming out next year, and that could be a potential release date. Um, Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet DLC Pack 2 is coming out December 14th. Um, I don't know, Gables, how you feel about that one? I'm going to be going through and buying the expansion stuff because I that was the one initially interested in wanting to play, more so than, uh, say, the Teal Mask and stuff. I wanted to try to play the second expansion. Though fully okay. knowing that I have to play through the teal mask in order to get to the other expansion, so I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, hopefully it's good. Uh, yes. Ubisoft uh, laid off 124 people, I believe, and also announced in their financial report that they are still interested in NFTs. So, <laughs> uh, for what? Yeah, right. Twenty at the end of 2023, Gables were still NFTs are still a thing. Uh, Game Award nominees, like we talked about at the top of the show, will be going up in the morning. Yes. Uh, Embracer Group uh, apparently is going to close uh, the Time pl- uh, Time Splitter uh, Studio uh, Free. Oh, I just forgot the name. Free Radical. Free Radical. Yeah, Free Radical Design. Okay. Sorry. Uh, they wow. announced that it sounds like they're going to get shut down. They literally just reopened this uh, studio two years ago to make the Time Splitter games. Um, and because of everything, well, Embracer Group. Um, sounds like more people are going to get laid off, uh, and that, uh, the time splitter, uh, you know, revival is not going to happen, which is just awful. Um, yeah, unfortunately that was a sacrifice in that regards. Yeah. Uh, especially when you created a new studio, um, and hired a bunch of people and then lay them off two years later. Um, so pretty fucked up. Uh, and it's, it's just bullshit because the, you know, a bunch of people now don't know how they're going to pay rent tomorrow, but the people that, um, with a bunch of money, um, they just lace people off, and they're gonna be totally fine. Uh, sometimes I, I see this shit, and I'm like, "How is this? How is this okay? How 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 is this even doing? legal? You know? Yeah. Like some of them, even like with the the whole bungee situation, to where they lay off these people and stuff like a day before, like say their health insurance things expire. Yeah. You know? And they they t- they take away, they lose all their Sony shares that were just months away from being uh, vested. Um, and they get to keep them. They just get to keep the money now. Um, yeah, sometimes yeah, it's it's pretty fucked up. Uh, and then Braid Anniversary, which was announced like three, two, three years ago, uh, is coming out April thirtieth. Um, so yeah, that's coming out. Pretty, I'm actually a little excited for them. They totally redid the artwork on this one. Um, and they actually ha- he has like a Jonathan Blow did like I guess it was like fifteen hours of uh, commentary on this about like kind of game design stuff. Um, normally I think this is kind of cool, but I just don't want to listen to that man talk for more than like 12 seconds. So, uh, more power to you if you, that's something you're interested in. Uh, but, uh, I will pass on that part. I will gladly play this game because I think he makes great games. Uh, but I will pass on the part where I like to listen to him talk. So, uh, yeah, pretty exciting. That's good. Uh, maybe one of the most important indie games of all time. Um, cause that totally, I think, 
I mean, he didn't create indie games, but that was like, I think the game that kind of really put eyeballs, especially on the console market of like, you know, kind of really um, changes the way we look at indie games um, in a way. So it was definitely yeah. one of the pieces, obviously, you know, with the whole like summer. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. It was part of the pieces and stuff with the whole summer of uh, the Xbox, like arcade summer of so, arcade. Yeah. yeah. That alongside Castle Crashers, alongside of like other games at the time, you know, that's what yeah, ultimately limbo. led to the big old, yeah, Limbo and stuff led to the whole indie boom, the start of the indie boom. Yeah, that was a great time. He's got like one big indie game every week in the summer for like six weeks. Oh man, what a great time. And it was like maybe like uh, $10 max. <laughs> yeah, they're like 10, 15 bucks. Oh my God. Oh, they're awesome. Um, man, what a great time. Like it's better now. We get so many better, we get so many great games like all the time now, but like, but back then, like the summer when you were just starving for anything to play, it's like, hey, we're just going to give you a, a great indie game every week for like six weeks in like June and July. And it was just like, just, it was amazing. It was just, you know, it was, it was a water bottle in the desert <laughs> back then in gaming. So, um, yeah. Uh, Gables, let's move on to uh, what we've been playing here. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first, buddy? All right. So I have played uh, a few games here. Um, I'll start with the big one here. I did finish Alan Wake 2. Um, yeah, so I started playing it on Sunday. Uh, it took me probably 18-ish hours to beat. Um, fairly, a lot longer than I thought it would be. Uh, but it's, you know, especially for a survival horror game, usually they're like 10 to 15 hours, sometimes short, like Resident Evil games are shorter. Uh, but um, I get it, Gables. I totally get, you know, why people are saying this is their game of the year. I don't, I don't know if it's mine. Uh, it'll be on. It'll probably be on my list. Spoiler alert for that one. Uh, I don't know if I'd put it in that category of like in like the, the top end contenders. Uh, but man, I think this game it's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, like so, I really liked Alan Wake. I'm a huge fan of the Remedy games. I loved Alan Wake back in the day, despite its issue. I didn't love the gameplay, but I, I was like, man, it's so different than anything we're we're playing uh, in, in gaming. You know, back then, and you know, especially back then. And still today, it's still totally different than anything we we play. But uh, you know, back then we didn't have anything nearly like that. So, um, but yeah, like totally just blown away by like the, the visuals, um, the art, uh, fucking the gameplay is really really good. Like they basically just kind of took the Resident Evil Two. Like they put like they definitely could tell they played Resident Evil Two, and then like what if we just make Alan Wake Two with with that with the Resident Evil Two uh combat and they did that and it's it's amazing for it i don't i don't it, it's plays really well um it the, they like they do tension like no fucking other like just like sound effects the music just the way the wind sometimes uh flows uh like just like little like jump scares that they do with you this game isn't overly terrifying but man it is suspenseful uh, as fuck and they just know dread because that's what you feel the entire day it's just dread um Oh my god! I just thought about the fact that if the the RoboCop development team made a Judge Dredd game, we fucking rule. Anyways, back to Alan Wake Two. Sorry, I just got really excited about that. Um, but uh, so in this game you play there's Saga Anderson who's an FBI agent. It actually takes place in 2023, which is kind of cool because like it does like you know like they like Alan Wake came out in 2010, and it's like Alan Wake and like all these other characters are, like disappeared in like 2010. They refer to him like, hey, you've been gone for like 13 years, shit like that. But like you know, you play Saga Anderson. Uh, who's an FBI agent, and then also plays Alan Wake, so you can like, jump back and forth. What's cool though is you can actually play. Uh, they have their own. It's you know kind of like Resident Evil, where like you know you play as them from different 
parts, but they actually have like full blown, totally different campaigns. But you have to like you can play them all. There is a point of no return eventually in the game, and you can play each character all the way up until you get to that point of no return. So you can do all of Saga's uh, story up to that point. You can do all of Alan Wake's up to that point. I was going back and forth. I'd do like a chapter and go go jump back to the next person. Do a chapter, go back to the next person. Um, but anyway, so it's like I would say like Saga Anderson though is kind of more like that one's definitely a little more actiony. Whereas Alan's is more survival horror because he's like in the, his is like in the dark presence, which is like a dark world uh, where like in the, at the end of the first game, he gets trapped in this dark world and there's like this evil, evil doppelganger named Scratch um, that's doing like terrible things as him. And it's really just about him trying to get out and like Saga is like, you know, the FBI agent who's there to like go in back to Bright Falls to investigate these murders. And along the way, she like, she's like, keeps like, in a way, I don't want to spoil stuff about the story because, like, really, I mean, honestly, more than anything, it's the story and, like, everything like the, everything about this, like, the events that help unfold in this uh, unfold in this game that make this game more so than anything else. And it's just about them, uh, you know, Alan trying to get out, out of this, her trying to solve these murders, but also trying to stop, you know, like, help Alan Wake, stuff like that. Um, but, <clears throat> like I said, the gameplay, the suspense, everything about this game is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm the voice acting is fantastic. The characters in this world are fantastic. The live action shit in this game is fantastic. You know, I said I love the Remedy games. I actually like. I've been. I was. I think I was the only. I might still only, might be the only Quantum Break stand out there. I don't think the game is great, but I think that game is so much better than it actually. Like people, you know, it doesn't get enough credit for what that game is. Uh, Control was phenomenal, but I just. I, I my frustration was I played the game at launch and it just was not. Needed a little more time. It was, it was there's some issues with that game when it launched. Uh, other than that, though, the quality was great. Um, and man, but like some of the shit, this thing, they go some crazy elements in this game. I don't want to spoil like where they go with some of these like crazy events that like they just do some weird shit in Alan Wake 2. But it's like Remedy is just that they have the the goodwill of it and they consistently like they nail everything else that like you are willing to go with these weird fucking things that they do that make like why is this here. But you don't care because they're so great at everything else that you just go with it. And it's like, I'm in, the, I'm already here. And like, let's fucking go. Like, this is amazing. And it's, but it's, yeah, they, they, they it's hard to talk without spoiling, but it's, man, when there's a, there's a chapter with Alan Wake. When you get there, you will know what the fuck I'm talking about. And it was the coolest fucking thing in this, in, in maybe gaming I've done this year. Um, but <laughs> it definitely does sound like a, from what you're describing to me, it definitely sorts, it kind of sounds sort of David Lynch esque. In sort yes, of like exactly. Sense of like uh, design and also in terms of appeal. The only thing I could really compare to what you're telling me right now is like some of the story elements and some of the features in terms of the show Twin Peaks, which because... is kind of what Alan Wake is based off of Twin Peaks. So that's yeah. what makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like Ryan uh, Alley. <laughs> yeah, and like it, it does. Um, it is like this is like this isn't a spoiler. It's like kind of known that Control and Alan Wake take place in the same universe. Um. So, like, there are some things that are connected between there's characters that pop up in this game that are in control. There's elements that are, like, we learn about in control that are in this as well. Um, and you could find, like, notes and manuscripts, stuff like that, that are along the way that um, that kind of, like, you can find more details about, like, you know, the FPC, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, anyways, like, I think this game is great. I love this game. This game is phenomenal. I basically just played it all day yesterday because I was, like, I, I just started playing it. And I stopped for a few hours watching football and I went right back to it and just finished it. Like I could not stop playing this game. It's just like once I played it, it was just like this is not a game I wanted to play for like an hour. This is a game I like 
I'm like, I'm going to play this game. And then three hours are gone. You know, so it's like, I just, I, I love, like, I did not want to stop playing this game because I was loving it so much. I do have some frustration parts that kind of like take it kind of a tear down maybe from like all time game of the year contender to like really great game still like a nine out of fucking 10. But like, man, like this type of year though, it's like, that's the shit that makes the difference for like, um, to me, like this is part of a horror game. I was getting really frustrated with like enemies with like, um, random respawn or like you go back to an area like you would fight these enemies, you leave that, you come like not even like leave the whole area, but like you just go like fifty feet that way, and you realize you missed a collectible. I want to go back and do this. Like there's like there's like um, stashes you can find in the saga universe and her and her campaign that have like you know very important items in there. Like you can like obviously because it's survival horror, items are limited, so you want to find these things. Um, and but like there's there's like there's like rhyme things you can get that like, you can get charms you can add so like. They give her a boost and benefits and stuff like that. Um, but like, I, I like fight these people here. I start wandering that way. I'm like, Oh shit. I realize, like, I realize I missed it. I go back and like, I'm talking like a minute that way and a minute back. And those enemies I fought are now back. And it's like, man, it's like, it just kind of like made me not want to like, it's like, these aren't huge worlds. Like they're pretty small areas over like decent size, but they're not like, it's not fucking, you know, Assassin's Creed here or anything like that. But what you expect from like a survival horse style game it's a decent size area and um but like it, it totally made me not want to like explore and go get these collectibles because it's like by like i was doing some of these but i'm like fuck by the time i you know i get these things like the resources i gained from this stash were negated or i i used more fighting these guys than i actually gained out of this out of doing these stashes or searching scoring or just even like searching for things like sometimes like uh, I got to a certain point, like the last, like probably like three or four chapters, like I'm just going to mainline it to the next area. Cause it's like, I don't even want to like, I just got so frustrated with, with that. Like where I'm just like, this is not like, like I'm enjoying the combat. The combat's good, but it's like, I, I cannot afford to keep wasting resources here to like maybe find a stash. Or if I do find a stash, cool. I use 12 bullets on those guys. I got eight out of this. Um, or I got like another fucking, um, flare that I have like eight of these of or something like that. Um, that was kind of a frustration. And like, it wasn't so bad in the Alan Wake one. Cause that one's, a, that one's definitely more survival horror where it's like kind of like there's not, it's like, you don't have a big, like you're in smaller environments in that one. And it's definitely like, you can, like, it's, you can be a little sneakier, uh, in that one, uh, to get around. And, uh, so there's that benefit. Like, so I was like a lot more, I was a lot more careful in this one. Um, so that one didn't bother me as much there. That was kind of like my, my main, my main big frustration was that. Um, and then like uh, dying was kind of annoying because when like not only dying, but like when you died as Alan Wake, there was like a full like 20 second long thing that you had to go through to then go back into the game. So like there'd be parts where I would die and I'm like, I'm like, what is this fucking symphony of the night? What the fuck are we doing, man? Let's get, <laughs> get me back into the fucking goddamn game. Um, it was shit like that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like it was little things like that were like kind of like my main like uh crossing my issue was like man it's just like I just wanna like I like I wanna I wanna play more of this game. I wanna explore more, but it's just like kinda sucked kinda killed me on that one. Um but yeah, like I mean overall though, I this game is fantastic. Uh oh man, like I don't know if I like it more than Resident Evil 4, I think but I think the games are different enough that maybe I don't have to compare them too much to myself. Um, a lot of those games for different reasons, but man, like this is very much hits that like, if you want that more survival horror esque, like you know, Resident Evil Two, or the if you love like the Evil Within games, man, this goddamn game is for you. 
really is, man. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's so much better than I ever thought it could be. Uh, and I'm happy now that like, this is like, I mean, I think control got people to that level, but like now it's like remedy is like becoming like, I don't want to say a household name, but it's like, I think in the gamer world, like it's definitely put people on notice of like remedy is a real player now. And I cannot wait to see where they fucking go from here. Cause it can only get better. I hope we get control two next. Um, I will say the ending. Not for me. Didn't like it. A little disappointed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna say much more. A little disappointed. In it. Um, but yeah, I played. I played that. Uh, I did play some uh, RoboCop Rogue City. I did pick that up. Um, <laughs> I've only put like two hours of it. Man, my God, Gables, it's so goddamn good. I love it so much. Uh, just fucking shoot people in the dick it's amazing uh like you, you grab a dude and you kill him by throwing him into another dude punching a dude and he flies 10 feet back and he explodes um just i i gave a dude a parking ticket that was just fun broke a dude's radio um it's, it's like oh man it, took a computer it was, monitor just hooked it across the thing killed a yeah. couple dudes <laughs> yeah gra- picked up a dude threw him out of a uh, uh, through a window down like a 20-story building uh <laughs> man this game is phenomenal uh, if you're just looking for like a really great seven out of ten, I'm gonna play more of it and I'll talk about more next week. Uh, but uh, man, if you're looking for like just a really great like seven out of ten, seven point five out of ten type of type of game, like you're just gonna have a great time. Um, this is the game for you because it's. Uh, <laughs> there was a part where like there's a side story, uh, real quick, where there's a uh, like some drug like there's a drug dealer that was stealing from other drug dealers, mm-hmm. and they have a whole like real talk about finances <laughs> and about supply and demand, and like. It was like a, a 30 second long conversation where like they were going to like these three drug dealers were mad at this other drug dealer for stealing their drugs. And they have this whole thing like they're mad, not about him stealing the drugs, but the fact that he's, he's just, he's disrupting the market. That was like, it was so great. I loved it. I, um, it was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it was great. Uh, and then I killed them all. So um, that game was great. Uh, Gables, the other game I played a little bit of, that you've also played, we can kind of merge this into our conversation. I played Dissault. Okay. Um, I got to chapter three. Okay, you've Dissault, already got to chapter people, three. Okay. Yeah. So, so people know uh, this is a game by Don't Nod. People know Don't Nod. They made the, the last Life of Strange games. Also made Vampire. Um, so this is like an indie game. It's on Game Pass. Uh, this game like you play like you might remember from some of Game Pass where you are like you're like climbing up like a mountain. You have a cute little dude with you, and the game is like you know exploring this world and it definitely is like watching this and it's like oh it's a it's a, a beautiful unique art style in the game with the cute with the cute with the cute friend and the, the the story is told to you through the environment and finding little letters here and there this is what i would call my shit um right play about an hour of this game gables uh it is not my shit um i love everything i love the music i love the art design i love the cute little creature I like to find the letters. I like just wandering around the environment. Like, what's what happened here? What's going on here? I, this is my shit. I don't like playing this game. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I've got very frustrated with the climbing. Uh, the game, the, the idea of the game is you climb. You have, like, a little rope that you can use. I got really frustrated with the fact that I felt like that the game, I didn't, the rules didn't always, they, the rules that they created weren't always, they didn't always follow them. Like, so, like, I wanted to jump up this thing or I wanted to, like, maneuver from one little thing to the next where like it's like a little we gotta reach my hand out to grab the like the environment next to you the the ledge next to you like my just the every time i press the button it didn't always do the same thing the next time 
So I'm like, sometimes I like try to do the jump where I jump, like you jump up to like to get the ledge up. Yep. And said he would jump off the mountain and I just swing down. So I got climbed. Like, I'm like, why, why, why the fuck would you do that? I, well, I didn't say do that. <laughs> I like, why, why the last time you, I got frustrated after like an hour. Um, like, and I just, did, I, it's not for me. I don't mind saying this game is a bad game. I isn't like, it's not, it's not for me. What about you, Gables? I've played roughly about an hour of it. I mean, I've played through the entire like first chapter. Tried to play a little bit of the second chapter and stuff. The game looks fine. The game looks fine and stuff. The whole aesthetics and stuff make it look really much like uh, it pops. The artistic style of it. I didn't mind the controls so much, you know, because like really after about maybe 10, maybe 20 minutes or something like that, I mean, I got used to the whole aspect of just using individual buttons in order to try to climb yeah. certain things. I thought that was good, yeah. I thought that uh, it was getting kind of a little bit uh, cumbersome having to try to plant, like, the different bungee and stuff like that in the center stuff in order to try to... Yeah, try the to pivots or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah I tried to try to maneuver, like, into other different places to climb and stuff. There were also types of uh, platform, like, jumps or something like that that didn't... That's some that you would think you can possibly make or something yeah. you can explore, but at the same time, you can't do that. Inside yeah. of that, which didn't make any sense to me because I've played enough games over the past couple of years and stuff to where, hey, if there's something far out and stuff that you can possibly get to, you better spare believe there's going to be some some way you can probably try to get to it. But uh, there were some like constraints in that regards to exploration and stuff. I mean, granted, I did find a few letters. I did find a few other types of stuff while going around. But... Uh, I thought that the climate, like, like I said before, the climate mechanics is all right and stuff, but I got stuck like towards the beginning of the second chapter because it really wasn't as obvious for me to advance forward, you know? I mean, I have this thing with certain games to where I get to a certain extent and then all of a sudden I get stuck. And uh, what what's kind of what's kind of frustrating to me about this type of game and stuff, it's like this is the type of like adventure game to where like, not just, like, adventure games in general, but this is the type of game to where there's some interest there that I'm willing to want to play it and stuff like that, but once I get stuck at a certain extent, I just lose all interest and stuff, and I go on mm. to something else. That's definitely what ended up happening with me with, like, with Jusant and stuff. I mean, everything else is, is all right, you know? I mean, I don't mind the whole story element stuff to where you have to read, like, texts and stuff like that, like the letters and this and that, you know? I mean, that's fine, you know? You can piece together the story, kind of like how when... Other games that I've played before, like say like with Gone Home and like with like uh, God, there were other games too that really made use of like reading text stuff. Like Bioshock Infinite, I think, also made use of that. Well, Bioshock was just they had the voice tapes. They shit, had the voice so. tape stuff. But I mean, a lot yeah. of indie games. This is just like this is the thing they do with like indie games. So, but uh, yeah, I really didn't. I really didn't continue on with it. Unfortunately, may give it another shot, but I'm not. Uh, I'll try one more time to see if I can get into it. But if not, I'm probably just gonna focus on. Uh, like, well, something else. Yeah. All right, what else can we play, buddy? Okay, okay. So, like Jassant, there had been a group of games that I've been playing little bits of. Like, for example, right after I tried out Jassant and stuff, I tried out Cocoon. And let me tell Ooh. you something. Ooh. Cocoon. Cocoon, I'm already past, like, uh... oh my gosh. This game is so fascinating because it lures you in the same type of, like, Almost like the same type of intrigue that you have when you're playing Limbo. And obviously this is by the same creator as, like, Limbo, I think. Yeah. It's uh, it's people that worked on Limbo yes. and uh, they broke off to their, their own studio. You could totally tell that this is the yes. development people behind Limbo. Because as soon as you get in and stuff, 
There's nothing really explained to you. You just start going around, wandering around and stuff. You figure out the controls for yourself and stuff. You finally figure it out, okay, I gotta piece together these type of puzzles and stuff in order to advance and stuff. What's really tripping me out is like you can jump into different type of orbs, like worlds inside these orbs, and then jump out. And then these puzzles get a little bit more complex as soon as like uh, as soon as you try to advance, like say in like the actual game world in and of itself, to where you have to carry the ball with the world you were just in and stuff all the way over to try to advance and solve these other different puzzles. But then once you get it to a certain extent, there's like another orb or something you discover and stuff. And you literally could take like worlds inside of worlds and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, my mind Keeps is... so good. I know. I know. There are some fantastic things in this game I'm loving so far. I'm at the point right now where I'm inside of that second orb with the, the green, like sort of swampy sort of environment and stuff like that. But I kind of figured... I kind of lost where at exactly what I'm supposed to do. Because as with like... As with these type of games and stuff, it's not going to be entirely obvious what you're going to find a solution for. You have to kind of try to piece things together and stuff. And unfortunately, that is where I kind of ended my little game thing with Cocoon. This one, I would definitely go back and play over, say, the Jassant and stuff. Because this one has more intrigue to it. There are a lot of different elements that I'm really enjoying about it. And I'm pretty sure that it's just one or two like little things that are keeping me from like advancing forward. But, uh, yeah, I played some bit of Cocoon. Let's see. I played about an hour or so of Wild Hearts. I decided to start off Wild Hearts. Yes, the gameplay is really reminiscent of that of Monster Hunter. But there are some little differences. Like, say, you can create your own platforms, jump off of them, and do, like, dive attacks and stuff onto big old enemy creatures. I went to the first introductory, the introductory part of that game and stuff to where... You're fight, facing off against these like these snow wolves and stuff, and then all of a sudden you face off against a giant snow wolf and stuff. The, the action is fast. It's intense in parts. You have like your basic sort of like maneuvers. You can attack the thing. You can go forward and do dodges and stuff. But also you can create those. Inside mid-battle, you can create like different crates and stuff, jump off of them, and just do like random like jump attacks and stuff. You have like a finisher move and stuff. So there are definitely a lot of key elements they borrow from the Monster Hunter series. Including, like, besides that, black go to the blacksmith and stuff and, like, improve upon your weapons, doing this and that, you know. But I'm really enjoying the look of the overall overworld of it is, like, what it is and stuff. And, uh, unfortunately, I haven't really gotten too much into, like, the story aspects of it. Because, well, with everything else going on, like, this past week with my vacation stuff, I've just been doing things a little bit here and there, so... I do have interest in wanting to try to play a little bit more Wild Hearts, see if I can get a little bit more into it. It's not bad. I definitely can see why that it received the review scores that it did get. I mean, it's roughly like around a 79 or something like that on Open Critic. Yeah. So there's definitely some good stuff inside of here. But uh, other than that, I did have a chance to play Like a Dragon Ishin. Now, the past couple of games I've mentioned and stuff, I've just played on the Xbox Series X and stuff. Like a Dragon Ishin, man, holy shit, man. It's like, it's definitely the type of game I'd be really intru into because the whole open world, sort of like, not like open world, but like an open, like, uh, action RPG sort of esque and stuff instead of like Edo Japan sort of thing. But what's cool about this is that there's three different type of play styles. You can do like. Like, sword-based attacks and stuff. You can do, like, a gun-only thing. Or you can do something like a wild card sort of thing where you can do the combination of the both. 
And oh my god, dude, when you do the combination of the both of like the gun and the sword play and stuff like that, it feels so cool because you'll initially just like set up like with a gunshot or something and just do various slashes or whatsoever. And it's like they go through the tutorial esque things of how you can go and like do these different things like gradually. But let's see. The story of itself is is rather interesting because you're basically trying to overthrow like the the, the class base like society of uh, where you're living at right now because the whole that whole country inside of like Japan and stuff is based upon this class based society of like rich and poor and stuff like that. Kind of like how it was for other cultures and stuff like many 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 years ago and stuff. And so basically what happens is you have this this diplomat and stuff that works inside of like the higher government that uh, on the side and stuff is raising these like these orphans and stuff that were the victims of like all of like uh, like the tyr the tyrannical like uh, stuff of this government you know burning down houses killing like women children all this other stuff and he this guy basically takes a group of like the orphans and stuff and is like raising them teaching them, like training them and stuff so when eventually their overall plan is to try to overthrow the leadership over inside there to make sure that the next generation that grows up doesn't have that type of problem where everyone is just like uh you can't get a job or you can't do this and stuff like that without like being upon that kind of class-based sort of uh society and stuff that status it's really it's really predominant when the opening scene and stuff it's like when you just get on land for the first time and stuff and it's just like the this is like the first like half hour of the game right so you finally get on the shore and stuff you just got done like do with like sword training or something somewhere else and then all of a sudden you witness like these group of like these military like these government like officials or something like that just picking on this lady and stuff and her child and stuff she's trying to get her kid to the hospital and stuff like that but they won't allow her to go and this and that and so it just ends up like you just kicking the shit out of the officials and stuff like that, which this feels really fucking gratifying. I got to admit, man. But uh, yeah, man, it's that type of action sort of style game that I do enjoy because it's just it's just plain forward about it's open about what it really is and stuff. It's just you doing cool shit and stuff like that inside of an overworld, like a bunch of fun different combat styles you. You can earn different points and stuff and use these little notches or nodules and stuff to upgrade certain attacks and do this and do that. It's rather fascinating. And especially since these Yakuza games and stuff, they're based upon like specific like places. Like say the Yakuza games in general are based like in Japan, roughly and stuff with Oh my god, I forgot the name of the dude. But uh This is basically like the Edo Japan version of like this <laughs> of the same dude you see like familiar characters from other yakuza games and stuff that are inside here but they're like it's like their ancient ancestors or something of that sort <laughs> and uh i haven't tried any of them like the mini games or any other type of stuff but it, it is really cool just to tinker around inside of that stuff but uh yeah it was rather fascinating with that too but other than that there is one thing that I've been playing a lot of over the past couple of days, and once Wave 6 of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out, that was the time I initially went to say, hey, now it's time to play that whole DLC, that whole DLC booster stuff. And you know what? I did it my way. I went through on 50ccs and stuff. I went through every single thing of the DLC stuff, and my god, dude, those, those courses... 
those DLC courses, especially with like the last year or so, including like the last wave release and stuff, these are fantastic tracks. I mean, absolutely fantastic. The Yoshi's, the Yoshi's Island one, that one was amazing because there's different sounds, there's different types of things that pay reference to that game, like the different coin sounds or something like that, you know. And then once you finish the course, it's like the ending, it's like the ending theme of uh, a stage that you clear, you know, dun, 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 you know, just <laughs> it just does that and stuff. But uh, I'm really loving that. They included almost every single like Rainbow Road course inside of this one game. Like, say, you'll have the N64 version, the 3DS version. The last course is the Wii's Rainbow Road, which I played a ton of on Mario Kart Wii back when and stuff. And I'm like, hey, you know what? They didn't just straight up port it. They did things to improve it, right? To where sometimes some tracks will... Have it to where they've done like altercations and stuff to where like uh, they'll add different passageways or they'll improve certain aspects that the other tracks didn't have and stuff. And they've been rather enjoyable. <laughs> but yeah, I spent I spent a good few hours and stuff like that. Now I got like about 15 hours or so played a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe now. And uh, that's I've completed every single course on 50cc, I think. That uh, the only I am like halfway through with a hundred CC type of stuff for like just the I cleared out the regular Mario Kart Eight Deluxe content and stuff. I haven't done the DLC stuff yet for, with a hundred CC, so we'll see what happens when that initially goes through and like I try to do more of that. But yeah, man, that's what I've been playing this week. I've just been playing multiple different types of games. I've been wanting to try to catch up on different things that I've had a, that I haven't had a chance really to tackle, but. I wanted to try to at least get a good familiarity with a bunch of different games that have released this year. And thankfully, because of Game Pass, I've been able to do that. <laughs> well, very cool, Gables. Um, well, I think that might wrap it up for us this yeah. week, guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, watching, listening. What are you guys doing? Playing us, listening to us while you sleep? Uh, maybe while you wake up. Maybe while you were washing your body, Gables was saying sweet nothings into your ear talking sweet romance about Margaret DLC. <laughs> hmm? Think about that. Hmm? Why don't you? Um, but anyways, um, thank you guys so much for listening. I was your host, I was Tyler. And I've been Colonel Gables. So until next time, everyone, thank you for listening to another fun fill episode of the Drunk-Nerds podcast. Hey, Gables. Yeah. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.